moment thinking that there was a pile of blessings under all the rubble and the mud. Blessings from our family took us in and gave us a place to live. And our friends who came day after day to help us put our life and our home back together. It was a year of challenge and it was also a year of discovery. Which was another whole chapter, another whole time. Maybe we'll talk, you know, next weekend or something over coffee. <laughs> we did discover, though, that God's love truly flows through the care and the concern of others. 2010 became a challenging year as well. Our family suffered the loss of three very special women. Earlier that year, Barely had time to grieve for one, and then another one was gone. Our family lost Phil's sister Carolyn in March, her Aunt Margaret in May, and her Aunt Regina in July. Little did we know that Phil's family would also lose their oldest brother, Denny. Even to a believer, grief can become a powerful shadow. A spiritual life partner has a way of lifting the other when life becomes overwhelming. That was what I tried to do when I prayed for Phyllis because she couldn't pray for herself. And then in September 2010, what started out uh, was a day like any other ordinary day. But I ended up in the emergency room at Mercy Hospital with what I thought was uh, an appendicitis. After 10 hours of testing and waiting, that I had a mass pressing on my appendix. And both the mass and the appendix, along with part of my colon, had to be removed. All this tissue was sent to the Mayo Clinic, and in the next few days, um, we were kind of full of spoken and unspoken questions. But we did find out that the cancer that I have is a rare form of cancer. It's called spindle cell liposarcoma. And there's really not a treatment for me for this type of cancer, only surgery. Nothing would be done with the cancer left behind in my abdomen until later. The doctor said, go home, heal, and we'll talk about this later. Well, after being home for a few days, I was back in the emergency room. I had a leak in my intestine where they tried to put me back together again, and I was full of infection. I didn't really understand how sick I was. I just knew I felt awful and I wanted to feel better. Nor could I explain why I was unable to pray. Unable to pray? Me? I spent one hour a week every Tuesday morning with a group of men at St. Elizabeth's. We're called Men of Action. And we pray. And we sing. And we pray. And we pray for each other. And I could not find the words to pray. It just wouldn't come to me, and that's never happened to me before. Physically, I was a mess, and spiritually, not so good either. Before John went into surgery that night, he had to um, be taken to see to a CT scan, really, what was going on before they went in. And, uh, I remember sitting in that emergency room all by myself. It was quite late. It was 11, 
which was kind of the same time his first surgery was. And um, I felt rather calm, but yet I thought, gosh, I wish I could call my mom. Isn't that somehow you're sick or you're in trouble and you just kind of wish you could call your mom? And I didn't know if I should call the girls, um, it being so late. And so I just decided that I would call home.
Phil told me in the weeks to come that the only place they could kiss me during this time I was in intensive care was my left thumb and a little area on my right cheek. There were just too many tubes, IV poles, tape, pillows, and restraints. Because of my condition, I was put into a chemically induced coma. One of, one of my doctors, who we had never seen before, told Phyllis, it will be three days. Three days to see if he'll die or not. Twenty-third Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. In green pastures you let me graze. To safe waters you lead me. You restore my strength. You guide me along the right path for the sake of your name. Even when I walk through the dark valley, I fear no harm, for you are at my side. Your rod and staff give me courage. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. 23rd Psalm has a special, special meaning for me. You see, I, I walked through the valley of death. My sick body dragged me so deeply into that valley. I think I was so far there, that, that I was so far into the valley of death that a person that's not dead can go. That's when God came to find me. He found me like that lost sheep that Jesus talks about. scooped me up in his arms and he created me like a parent holds a precious child and he said I have you now you are my son it's not your time I have a plan for you trust me it was right at this moment that I became the child of God before I was a friend of God, and we visited, and I visited, just like a friend, but I'm a child of God now. God became the father who I live with and who lives with me. But even a child of God has questions. I don't know why I didn't die. I don't know why we need to fall down. Some people get back up, and some people never wake up. I've lost so many people in my life and wonder why. Yes, it seems unfair at times, and perhaps someday our questions will be answered. But until then, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God for giving my body the strength to fight that infection. Because I can tell you one thing, I know I could not have fought this illness and survived without God's healing. We actually could share with you um, for hours about what we've learned in the last two years. Being children of God does not mean that you won't suffer loss or face tragedy. All these experiences have given us wonderful opportunities to grow ever closer.
There's been physical and emotional healing during this time through our faith community, through the Holy Eucharist brought to John almost daily from his friend Gary, through the hands that cared for John and the hands of the priests that came and anointed him and forgave his sins. The kingdom of God surrounded him and all the countless prayers from our prayer team. These holy moments have blessed us and they have simply changed our life. During the months of recovery, we shared tears of frustration when our path seemed overwhelming. Before we left the hospital, um, we were in and out, but the last time after the surgery, um, we were just about ready to go home and John complained of his back hurting and um, they did another test and they found that the, there was a mass that was um, shutting off part of his ureter so his one kidney was slowly dying and um, so they put a nephrostomy in which was a tube in the, his back that would um, drain that kidney and I was just thinking so we were just so blessed that he actually said something about that backache because, you know, I could have gotten him home and it would have been the same thing, but it had brought back in. So they got him all situated and it wasn't long when we did go home. But um, he had to have a pick um, in his arm also because he couldn't retain fluids. So we would put liters of fluids in every day, two liters a day. And um, so trying to tuck him into bed, can you imagine? such a simple thing, isn't it? But one bag had to go here, and another bag had to go there, and we had to make sure that everything was fine, and the poor guy, has got sleep apnea too, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing real well, I was strong, and I handed him his mask, which he was most familiar with, of all the apparatuses, and he lost it. He broke down, and he wept, and he wept. And I don't blame him at all. And I was kind of relieved that he was able to just let go of this fear or this, fr this frustration. You know, it's hard enough to be the person helping him, but to actually have this body that he didn't know what to do with. And, and so I helped him, and I just said, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, I'm going to be here for you. I want you to know that. I don't care how much I have to help or drain or log in, log whatever. I'm here for you and I know you're not strong enough so I'm going to be here to be that, that strength for you. And I tucked him in and I didn't even get to the foot of the bed and I lost it. <sighs> spiritual partner. He actually got out of bed. Oh, dang, I just got in bed. <laughs>
that was set up by our angel Jody. Share John's condition through updates. And what a difference. If you don't think one person can make a difference in your life, don't believe it. She allowed us so many blessings through this care page. 126 people pray for us on this page. They have sent us almost 1,500 messages of love and hope. And it started out as updates. I was really good about that. I can't imagine what you'll think when I tell you that I just kept talking. <laughs> they were such a release for me. They were my gratitude journal. They were a way to praise God, and I didn't even realize I was doing that. And I was able to just share the blessings that he gave us and the hope and the resilience. And if you don't mind. <laughs>
And after what happened to me in September 2010, uh, with the family around my bed before surgery, I, I said, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to come out. I don't know whether I'm, I, I may not come out of the surgery at all. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I know I'm going to have And I would like you to live your lives so that you know God. And you know how to get there. Because that's where I want you to be for eternity with me. We pray together and we thank God for each other and for the doctors who put me back together. It was called me Dumpy. They removed the remaining cancer. They removed my left kidney. Never did come back. They reversed my, my ostomy. And, uh,
We have learned from the best and what it means to be Christ's hands and feet. And I'm talking about my, our parents and my aunts and my sister Carolyn and all those who have gone before us. And we learn from the caregiver. I'd just like to thank George for being a sacrament to us and how you cared for her. It was a blessing to see. And from so many of you as well. I learned that through God's grace, grief can be transformed into something much more powerful. And I've learned so much deeper how much our precious girls mean to us. And I want to thank them for taking care of both of us during this time. And that we are thankful beyond, beyond belief. And then there's John. He is still and always will be the love of my life. And I try to mirror him each day. I have learned a few lessons in all of this, too. We can find God in the ordinary, and God empowers those that He chooses. He made Phyllis stronger than she thinks she is. We all need to be faithful and prayerful friends. The power of prayer is real, and it's a force. And I will be a cancer fighter the rest of my life. I need God. We need God. And God needs us. I know God has a plan for me and Phil. As my body allows, I accept opportunities to share our story on his behalf. I don't know what God has in store for us tomorrow, but we continue to have hope, remain faithful, and persevere. <coughs> to make ourselves available to Him each and every day. So, where do we go from here as children of God? <coughs> I continue to look for God each day, as a child might look for their father. We anticipate, we must anticipate and be watchful for God. As a child waits for direction, as a child longs to be held, and we must ready ourselves so that we may all be reunited someday. We know that you all have your own unique story. What we don't know is how Jesus is intertwined in it all, and how exciting, especially during Advent, to think that by sharing your faith story, you could quite possibly help someone come closer, get to know our Lord. I pray for the Holy Family every day, and I wonder about Mary and Joseph, and what their thoughts might have been when the angel came to each of them. Did they really think that they were so ordinary people? I wonder about Mary and how if she was ever fearful when the angel came and told her that she would actually be the mother of God. There's a song that um, our daughter Ellen has sang last Christmas, and um, 
even though it was beautiful, I didn't really, you know, think about it as closely as I have lately. And it's, it's a song as if Mary were telling us, um, Holy is he, blessed am I, be born in me. Trembling heart, somehow I believe that he chose me. I'll hold you in the beginning, you'll hold me in the end. And every moment in the middle, please make my heart your Bethlehem. Be born in me. Do you really think that your life is ordinary? And where you fit in, in God's plan? The Bible is full of ordinary people whom God asked to do extraordinary things. I'll tell you, Noah came to our minds quite often in the last few years, and the undertaking God asked him to do. David, the young shepherd who became a king. Twelve men called to apostleship. Saint Bernadette, Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, all ordinary, but with a heart that was available. And then there was one ordinary carpenter, called to be the stepfather to the savior of the world.